As I fly down towards a planet filled with vast blue sea, I slowly land my spaceship into the water. As the water slowly ripples and it wakes up all the creatures in the sea. The water is clear. I see a figure in the water with fins and the body and the top body of a woman. What is this creature? Is that what they call a mermaid? Julia Ward is an amazing friend who I've met in my brother's yoga school class. Julia currently works for the federal government. She shares her life experience with the Peace Corps going to Thailand, her accomplishment from abstaining from drinking. She does a tarot card reading and has an amazing view of life. In the words of Julia, be true to yourself. Welcome to episode 15, Into the Mermaid. Welcome to episode 15, Into the Mermaid. <laughs> Hi, Julia. Hi, Martin. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, you know, getting by like most of us are. How are you? I'm doing amazing. It's Friday, and I'm super excited to have you on. You're actually one of my first merchandiser purchases, first supporter of the MLRCP. She even brought the jacket that we'll take another picture um, yeah. to put on the website. So I'm super happy, super happy that you're here. It's like really, it warms my heart because um, I know Julia um, met her in my brother's yoga class about like two to three years ago. Yeah, it's been a while now. It's crazy how fast time goes by. Cool. So I'd like to start it off, Julia. Um, who are you? What is Julia Ward? Who is she? Where is she from? What she do? What it is? So, my name's Julia Ward. I grew up in Southern California in San Diego. I studied at UCLA, and then after I graduated, I went into the Peace Corps in Thailand for two years. After that, I eventually found myself moving to the Bay. I worked for the government, and I'm just like a fun, energetic kind of mermaid. <laughs> Ooh. So, your love for mermaids, how... How did you become a mermaid? Were you, oh, were you actually, you were Ariel, and then you got to the end of the movie where you got feet, and now, and you changed your name to Julia Ward? Is that what happened? Something like that. I think growing up by the beach, like in San Diego, um, I learned to swim, like, before I could ever remember. Actually, so, I was born in the Bay Area at Stanford, actually. Wow. And then when I was two, we moved to Texas. And my dad went to law school there, and my mom actually moved to San Diego before my dad and I did. And during that time, we used to watch Baywatch, like with David Hasselhoff. And I always was like, oh, I want to be a lifeguard one day. And then we moved to San Diego, and I grew up at the beach, and I actually did swim team, water polo, and I became a lifeguard and a swim instructor. And I loved The Little Mermaid. We have a pool in my backyard. I would always play like mermaids with my friends and my sister. And yeah, I think I just grew up for a love for the ocean, water. And yeah. That's awesome. Mermaid Julia. Oh, if you could just pull the mic closer to your mouth. That'd be great. Thank you. Cool. Mermaid Julia. So you, you've, you've always been in the water. 
And then you could swim pretty fast, faster than Michael Phelps. <laughs> Definitely not. But, <laughs> you know, lately I've been traveling and doing more like hiking within trees. And I just went to Yosemite for the first time. And I've realized as much as I love the ocean, living in NorCal has made me like become a big tree lover. Like, have you ever hugged a redwood? Like, you just feel so grounded and connected. <laughs> How many trees have you hugged, Julia? Countless trees. Actually, <laughs> I just went on, when I went on my trip to Yosemite, I would find trees and just like lay on them and read or listen to an audiobook. And I felt so connected with like the earth and myself. Oh my God. That was like last week. That was last <laughs> yeah. week. That's amazing. Yeah. I so I'm it. becoming a tree fairy as well. So the Peace Corps, that's a huge, huge commitment. And I feel like you gained so much. You just told me that today, and I'm pretty sure I've heard it in the past. But that must have been such a scary decision. Was that in like after college, you decided to be like, I'm going to go on a mission? So I found out about the Peace Corps, actually, when I was a senior in high school, we had a career fair and some guy was there and was like, oh, yeah, you can join the Peace Corps and get to travel and live in another country and help people. And travel and helping people are two of probably like my biggest passions. So in college, I knew I wanted to go to the Peace Corps, but I don't think I really like knew what I would be doing there. I kind of just assumed that I'd be a teacher because I taught swim lessons. I was great with kids. And when I applied, you weren't able to pick like what you did or where you went. They just kind of a recruiter just matched you with whatever. So I ended up getting matched in the youth development program in Thailand. And I remember when I found out, I was like, what? I didn't even know Thailand had the Peace Corps because in my mind, it was like more of a developed country. And I don't know if I really understood that like the Peace Corps actually works with countries that invite them to come. Like, I think that sometimes the Peace Corps seems like more of like an imperialistic like oh, we're just going to go in the United States. We're going to come in as Americans and make your country better. But it's actually like a country inviting Americans to come and help. And a big part of the Peace Corps is actually cultural exchange. They have three goals. So like the first goal is um, to come and do whatever they're asking you to do to help the community. And then the second two goals are to learn more about that culture and teach it to Americans and then to teach the country you're going to about American culture. So like I got to teach them about American holidays, kind of like Western society, how we do things. And I learned so much about Thai culture. And inevitably, I learned so much about myself through all of the different experiences I had. I think that I didn't realize how American I was when I first joined the Peace Corps. And Thailand is a beautiful country. They love Americans. They were so loving and kind to me. But their lifestyle is so different than the lifestyle I was living. And I think generally most Americans live. Mm. Their concept of time is circular, where ours is linear. So we set like dates and times like, okay, like tomorrow I have a meeting at one and you're there at one, they'll be like, oh, tomorrow I have a meeting at one. But if something happens and I have to do something, it's fine because there's always another day. Like it's circle. It goes around and around. And that was one of the hardest things for me to cope with because I was like, no, like we said we were going to do this today. We got to do this today. They're like, we can do it next month. And <laughs> I was just like, what? 
But yeah, they also have such a beautiful culture that's like centered around family. And I think I kind of grew up in like more individualistic. My mom raised me like a baby bird. Like I was her baby bird. She gave me all the love and resources I need. But I had to fly away from the nest at some point. And in Thailand, like you live with your family forever. And I think I left Thailand realizing like how important family is to me. And I just... I don't think I loved my parents as much as I do now because I really learned and saw like how much they love me and what they gave to me. And I think you can relate to this. Like parents are amazing. Like they devote our lives to us. And I am so grateful to have the mom and dad I do. And I hope that like I keep that part of Thai culture with me because like I want to give back to them as much as they've given to me. Beautiful. Yeah. That's a, I was about to ask, like, what was the greatest lesson? And you definitely answered it. Yeah. I mean, I think the Peace Corps for me was really hard because I'm an extra extrovert. Like, I want to be around people all the time. I get my energy from people. And I love to talk. <laughs> and I had to learn Thai. And there was only, like, two or three people who spoke English in my village. and their English was not always great. So like you couldn't have necessarily like meaningful conversations, but I learned how to make connections with limited language skills. And I also like had to learn to like be comfortable alone, which is so terrifying for someone like me who loves to be around people all the time. And it's kind of like come back, you know, with quarantine shelter in place, I have roommates, but still, like, you're alone a lot more now. You can't just go out and hang out with your friends all the time. And, like, getting comfortable being alone with myself has been a great life lesson. Mm, and ever since quarantine, well, let's talk about going into quarantine. Like, can you describe what you were feeling and kind of, like, how you first started, you know, going through quarantine just in general? Yeah, so in the beginning, I think I thought, like, this w was going to be a temporary thing. I didn't expect to, like, be in August and still be in, like, a shelter-in-place situation. But I thought, like, oh, cool, I kind of get a break from, like, having to go into work every day. I can wear sweatpants. Oh, great, like, I can focus on working out all the time and eating healthy. And then obviously, like after two months, you're like, oh, my gosh, get me out of here. I miss all my friends. But I've I've like learned to like create a routine that has really like benefited me. So I've started meditating more so I can like work through some of that anxious energy I have. I actually took like a yoga <laughs> training and I like worked on journaling, which was really helpful for me. I think because I am such a fast thinker and I have a lot of energy, journaling never appealed because I never wanted to like sit down and write stuff. But even just like I have notes in my phone now where I'll like if I'm feeling anxious or angry or any kind of feeling, I really try to like write something down or even in those moments where like because I like get angry easily. And I've realized like to contain my anger or to kind of work through things, I need to feel that. And so I'll like write a like venting note in my notes. And then I like, I'm like, okay, I feel this feeling. 
I've gotten it out. There's nothing I can do. And I let it go. Mm. I actually did a meditation this morning where I like built up my like anger and I visualized it. So when I breathed in, it was like all my anger into a balloon. And then I let it go with my exhale and I let the balloon sail away. <laughs> <laughs> That's so beautiful. <laughs> that kind of touches on the next theme. You, you have to put anxiety. So I feel like everything that you've done so far, it's like it's so inspiring what you do and the energy that you keep up and your self-reflection and you're developing your, yourself. It's super impressive. Is that something that, you know, you had a lot of anxiety and you had to get over that obstacle and challenge? Yeah, so I don't think I've realized my anxiety for a long time, but now that I'm aware of it, I think I've always been a pretty anxious person. As I said before, like I have a lot of energy. Um, I'm just so energetic. I was born this way, like always on the go, always ready to do something. And when I was in the Peace Corps was the first time I was like isolated alone and I I realized I actually went to a therapist because I was so sad and depressed. And that was the first time someone told me, you have a lot of anxiety. And I remember when the therapist told me that I was like, F you, you don't know me. (laughs) And then I actually told like my my like childhood best friend. She's like, yeah, like you do. And I didn't realize like, oh, I guess everyone else probably saw it. And I didn't I just didn't know what's what it was. And so. Once I was able to have that self-awareness and I think it like even didn't take off till later on in life when I really learned the tools like using working out yoga meditation to kind of harness that anxiety. But it's hard. I'm a control freak and a little bit of a perfectionist and the fact that I set these very high expectations for myself and for other people can give me a lot of anxiety. And so. I've really had to learn to cope with that in the best way I can. And and with saying that, like, I still deal with anxiety. Like, when I drive, I get so anxious, my hands will sweat. But, like, the rest of my body is cold. And it's so weird. And I've, I've like, had to, obviously, I have to drive. We live in the Bay Area. I don't live in the city, so I don't have the access to public transportation as much. And I've had to, like, teach myself how to not be anxious, give up control. And let things kind of flow off my back. And I think I've learned like to focus on the things I can control, like my reactions, which I'm very reaction oriented. So I'm still working on that. (laughs) But yeah, I think that also like anxiety never goes away, but like you can learn to work with it because although my anxiety can feel crippling at times, it's also a gift. Like part of that allows me to be like, a fast thinker I am like I'm very solution based and that's that's cool like I try to not like get down on myself and be like oh I'm anxious I'm never gonna be able to do anything I'm like no you're a powerful warrior mermaid you can do anything mermaid mermaid Julia I'm amazing amazing <laughs> I'm flounder that's what oh you my gosh. Like. oh do you want to know one of my secret talents Secret talents? Mm-hmm. Talent. Talent. Oh. Well, I have multiple, but yeah. I can do the stitch voice. Ooh. Do you want me to do it? Yes, please. Ohana means family. <laughs> family means no one is left behind. Oh, wow, that's really good. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> what other impressions do you have? I can I think I can do the Tigger laugh. Oh, yes, Let yes, me see please. if I can do it. Yes, please. <laughs> oh, that wasn't as good as I thought. <laughs> I'll work on it when I come back next time. Yeah, when you come back next time. Oh my gosh. I gotta practice my impressions too, so we could do impression wars. Oh, impression wars. Shoot. <laughs> you have to get so deep into your like chest. That's great. And I feel like having what you just shared is like also attributes to your personality. Like there are so many fun moments. Like not everyone's like going to be like, oh, I have a little stitch voice. You know, yeah, like that's amazing sure. that you have. that. I think that's such an amazing quality that you have, Julia. I do think like being silly. So I thought about like, oh, what are three words to describe myself? And I feel like energetic, passionate and silly. Someone told me once, like you have like a young soul and I know a lot of people are like, oh, you have an old soul and that's supposed to be a compliment. But I actually do feel like I have a very youthful personality. I love children and I feel like I will forever be my child self. A question I like to ask people is like, what is something that from when you were a child hasn't changed? And when I ask that to myself, I actually like have a harder time figuring out the things that have changed because I have that youthful spirit and I love connecting with other people who can be silly because you know we live in such a like fast-paced stressful world and the world isn't getting easier (laughs) every day and the older you get the more responsibilities the harder it can get and sometimes you just have to be silly like do you ever just like dance around your room to like a ridiculous song by yourself and just let your inhibitions go it's so freeing i have (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I have a video when we're dancing with my roommate, so like Backstreet Boys. <laughs> so we're going to have a dance party after this, right? Yeah. <laughs> I even teach like my midnight yoga here. so. Oh, I love we that. do that too. That's amazing. It's nice to know your personality, your energy. I feel like when I met you at the yoga studio, kind of segueing, um, <laughs> it was like you're, you're just always, you go to the front and you're just like, let's do it, let's work out. And you're just, your energy was just embodying. You always say hi to everyone too. And I, I kind of wanted to segue how you kind of got into yoga and kind of like what that means to you. Yeah. So I originally got into yoga in general as, because I started doing yoga when I was like 16, pretty young. And it was more of like an, I thought of it as like stretching, like, oh, yoga is going to be an addition to all my other workouts that I was doing, like swimming, running, you know, strength training. I was doing all these workouts and I was like, oh, I need something low impact easy. Then I started going to core power and I discovered this thing called yoga sculpt, which is definitely high intensity fusion of yoga. Perfect for Julia. And it was like I had found <laughs> my calling i was so happy and then i found yeah and then i found all these other crazy people like me who have so much energy and want to just jump around and do a million jumping jacks and burpees and i i feel like when i met you you know like i found my tribe so many people i met from the yoga studio became such close friends and I'm so grateful for the like friendships that yoga has facilitated for me because a lot of these people like even though we're all very different and unique we have a lot of like like-minded values like self-growth as well as like physical growth like we're constantly challenging ourselves to be physically stronger mentally stronger and 
I'm so grateful for that. It definitely wasn't the reason I joined yoga. And when I actually joined, like, so we met at Core Power. And when I joined Core Power, it was before I started my job. I had like not like maybe like two friends in the Bay Area. I didn't really know anyone. And I like developed such a strong group of like good people and a support system. And for a long time, like the yoga studio was my safe haven. Like I went there to work out my body, but also work out my mind and like all the stuff happening in my life. So I'm so grateful for that. And I hope that everyone finds, because it doesn't have to be yoga, you know, like you can find a community in so many different ways. But once you explore like more things that you're passionate about, I feel like it's a great way to find your people, your tribe. Yeah. To find people that are searching because you're searching along yourself. Yeah. But I feel like that's life. Like you're always kind of searching, right? I want to give you two minutes. Yoga shout outs. Call out the people that are probably listening. Oh my gosh. Like all the humans. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's start with my OG Omi, mm. Michael, your brother. Ooh. And then also like Tulsi. I met her on like my first day of set training. And I felt like we were destined to be together forever. <gasps> Julia Pasek, um, Allie, Taylor. Oh, my God. There's so many people. And if I forget anyone, I'll feel so bad. Obviously, Catherine. <laughs> Catherine's my freaking mermaid queen sister. <laughs> oh, I don't even know. I'm, it's crazy, too, because like now that we don't go to the studio, I still think about like a lot of these people. And I miss seeing their faces. And there's so many people like that I would see every day at the studio and they become like your best friends and it's wild, but like you don't necessarily even see them outside of the studio. Yeah. It was a, it was a communal space. Yeah. Right. Ever since I feel like for, hi Ali, I haven't <laughs> seen you for six months, you know, telling me if I oh drop my, my three pound weights. <laughs> I still take Ali's Instagram live classes. So I feel like now that I'm doing her classes in my room, I definitely talk a lot more than I ever would have dared to talk in her class. <laughs> You're like, <"Damn> it, <laughs> I'm like, damn it, Allie. Why are you making me do these one arm burpees? I'm dying. I just fell on the ground. But then like, I think she can see me. Like I get scared. Like you better not pick up any five pounds. I don't even own five pound weights. I wouldn't dare. Yeah. I get anxiety when I take her class because I just feel like she's running like, come on, Martin. And I'm like, how the hell do you know I'm chilling right now? <laughs> yeah, she's like, I see you guys have already gone to your knees. And I'm like, I swear I didn't, but like, I might have. <laughs> oh, but I'm so grateful for that. Like, all the, and like something that I've learned in Core Power, and Ali preaches this a lot, is like, to be yourself. Not everyone's going to like you. And I think that, like, we've all experienced that. Like, you're going to be somewhere where someone doesn't like you or, you know, puts you down for some reason. But like as long as you speak your truth and be true to who you are, you're going to find those people who will love you and appreciate you for who you are. And that's what I found at Core Power. Because I'm so high energy, there are definitely people who don't know like how to handle me. And I didn't really face that kind of those like feelings of like rejections, especially friend rejections, I guess you could say, till I had graduated college because I always had so many friends. And then I went to the Peace Corps. And when I joined the Peace Corps, I actually stopped drinking. And when I stopped drinking, I kind of self-isolated because I didn't really know how to interact with people who were drinking. 
I was like really nervous, scared, anxious about being judged. And I at that point, I don't think I was like had enough self-love to feel comfortable to go out. And something I like gained a lot in core power and that community was like meeting people who love me for me. And I felt like I could be myself. And it was so powerful. So I'm I'm so grateful for those lessons and for the teachers who are still teaching. If it's on Instagram, their own website, private, whatever, like, thank you for having this gift. And because I took teacher training and it's not easy. It's not easy to be a teacher. I thought like, oh, I'm going to be so good right away. And I was so scared. Like, I've, I struggled so much to get the correct words slowly and articulately out of my mouth. <laughs> But then I also like watched like you, Martin, your brother, like Tulsi, all the people I did training with, you know, Tracy, Sway, Patrice, like I saw them really grow into themselves as teachers. And it was so beautiful. And like each of you have your own style and uniqueness. And it's just been such a like beautiful way to watch you guys grow and grow with you. And everyone is still 100% authentically themselves. And I love that. Yes, queens. Yes. Oh, yes, queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. And one of the, th the themes that I wanted to touch on that you did mention is that you did stop drinking. Um, I feel like when I met you, you was there a time that you were drinking? So, or you always weren't drinking? I'm not too sure now. I can tell you my journey. So when I joined Peace Corps in 2014, I decided to stop drinking. In college, I feel like I was in a culture where we all kind of binge drank. And, you know, you'd go to parties, you drink, you'd get drunk. Oftentimes, I would get too drunk and throw up, black out. But everyone was doing it. So no one really cared. It wasn't a big deal. I wasn't hurting anyone. Or I didn't think I was hurting anyone. <laughs> um, I look back on a lot of the things I did and it's so embarrassing for me now. But at that point, I probably was just like, whatever. I'm in college. I'm going to join the Peace Corps. Who cares? <laughs> and then I went into the Peace Corps and prior to going into the Peace Corps, I had been having issues with drinking. Like I had been trying to stop. I would just get drunk and go a little wild. There are times I would like throw glasses and break them or I'd be really rude to people my friends I'd run away from my boyfriend like I was a hot mess and I'm gonna be honest I'm not gonna even go into some of the actually like really bad things I did because they're so I mean they made me who I am and I'm proud but they're embarrassing and it was so painful to hear how I was hurting people including like my family I remember <laughs> my Mom and dad got really upset with me once because it was my sister's birthday. And my little sister is like one of the probably the most important person in my life to me. I love her more than anything. And I, her birthday is the day after one of my best friend's birthdays. And they had a birthday dinner for her on that day. And I didn't go because I was drinking with my other friend. And my parents were just like, you can't do this. Like, like we're not going to like support you if you're going to continue to act this way. And a lot of other things happened and I realized like when I drink, I'm not my best self. I don't think that applies to everyone. I think that people can learn to drink responsibly, but I, I didn't. And so I stopped drinking when I went to the Peace Corps. I didn't drink for like 
three because I it's two years in the Peace Corps. I came back. I didn't drink for a year after. And then in 2018, I decided to try drinking again. And at first it was okay. Like I'd be able to go to the movies and have a beer with Julia because Julia is like one of I personally think like a great drinker. Like I haven't seen her ever get like too crazy drunk. Like she likes alcohol. She doesn't drink it like she loves that. She's like a beer connoisseur. She drinks it because she's enjoying it, you know. But when I drank, it was like I'm drinking to get drunk. And so in 2018, I was drinking again. I mean, I mean, you saw me on one of those nights. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, right now. I remember now. I, I was drinking and I wasn't drinking Honestly. because I enjoyed alcohol or even just like it was socially. But I was drinking to get drunk. I remember now <laughs> you were in a red dress with Julia. Oh, my God. At her birthday. <laughs> yeah. I actually that night. I drank and I didn't I didn't do anything crazy, but I ended up going home early because I like got too drunk and I just want to go to sleep. I think actually Gina took me home. She was so sweet and took care of me. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's just that thing. It's like I'm in, you know, inhibiting other people from enjoying their good times. I'm I'm doing things. I'm blacking out. I don't remember. I'm throwing up. I'm hurting my body. And at this point in my life, like I want to be my best self. Like I don't I don't want to continue to hurt people because. I am prioritizing alcohol and I realized like for most people, alcohol is like a relaxant, like it allows them to kind of like take their inhibitions a little bit away, their filter. And that is already me. I don't need alcohol. I have no filter. <laughs> so I can, it's, it's funny because in the Peace Corps, I would drink Red Bulls and I would go out and there were times where someone would be like, oh, do you want to drink? And I'm like, oh, I actually don't drink. And they look at me and they're like, wait, we've gone out together like three times. How did I not know till now that you didn't drink? And it's like, because I just drink a Red Bull and I'm wild. I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been hard. I think it can be really isolating. And for anyone out there who's interested in not drinking, it is not easy. You might try to stop drinking, come back and then be like, oh, I can do this. And then go back to not drinking like it's it's a roller coaster ride i yeah. think growth in general is not linear but if you're like really interested in not drinking and tr maybe just seeing how that changes your life or cutting anything out like you can do it it's hard it's scary but you can do it and i think it's super important to also surround yourself with friends that you know even that they drink you know they care about your decision and don't try to pressure you Honestly, yeah, that was kind of something I forgot to mention. So I love all my friends, all the people I've ever been friends with, even if they're not my life now. And even if we don't serve each other anymore, I still love them. But there were certain relationships that ended because I wasn't drinking because we were party friends. And what am I going to do with you if we don't drink? Because that's what we did together. And you really realize who does support you because I had one experience that was really painful when I was in Thailand. I went out like I didn't drink, but I went out to this like very touristy area where people were drinking. And th this guy had said, oh, like, do you want to drink or something? And I was like, oh, I don't drink. And he looked at me and goes, oh, so you think you're better than everyone else? And I just was so hurt thinking, how does my decision to not consume alcohol affect you or make you think that I would ever think I'm better than anyone? And like, so not everyone is all, like going to approach drinking or 
approach any decision you make in a supportive manner. But learning to like, one, realize I made the decision, like I have power in holding my decision was really strong. And then also kind of being like, I love myself and I love the choices I've made. So thank you, next. I don't need people around who aren't going to oh, support me. Ariana Grande. Yeah. Thank you. Next. <laughs> next. Can you actually like sing the melodies of that song? Um, No, actually, my friend told me that it's better to just not sing on this podcast, even though she likes hearing people sing. That is not one of my talents. <laughs> <laughs> I can do stitch voice for days. Yeah. But... Do you, do you, do you, I, I've always told like, oh, who sings that song? And then they're like, you say the person like, oh, let's keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But then I was like realizing like, I hate when people do that. Why not let people just be authentically themselves? Right. Yeah. What stop, what's stopping you from singing a podcast? Yeah. Someone else's decision. And oh stuff. my gosh. Oh, you Shoot. just did it. So, Shoot. So now I have to sing? Yeah, sing it if you know it. Oh my God. What song? I don't, I don't know if I know all this, the Here, words to thank you next. I'll, I'll pull up the lyrics. Oh my gosh. I'll pull up the lyrics. How would I sing the other song? Which song do you want to sing? My sister's song. You know the words for that? Or you want to I the know words? the beginning of it. What's, I can the name sing of, it. what's the name of the artist? Um, just click Once Upon a Time. That's <laughs> the name of it. <laughs> this is for you, Andrea. Oh, she's going to love it. So you better listen. <laughs> oh, my God. We have to find the artist. I, I'm actually, when I put Once Upon a Time, obviously I'm getting like, a lot of other things. Like, like the, you know, the show Once Upon a Time. <laughs> Once upon a time. Not long ago, oh, I was a hoe. Oh, let me write that down. And I'm admitting it. <laughs> Can't take the back because I did the shit. Wait, wait, wait. Don't start yet. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Maria, Mariah Lynn. Yeah. I didn't oh. know her name, so I was like, uh. Okay, you could scroll. Okay. Am I just singing it? Oh, yeah, she goes, more money. I want your money. I want more money. I want more money. <laughs> Mo money, I want your money. Once upon a time, not long ago, I was a hoe. And I'm admitting it, I won't take it back. Cause I did that shit, I was a hoe. And I'm admitting it, I won't take it back. Cause I did that shit, I was a hoe. Mo money, I want your money. I want more money. I want your money. Yeah, we'll stop there because it gets just a little vulgar, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, <laughs> reason why I wanted Julia to do that, cause like Julia's sister, we were at a, that, a party a long time ago. And she's the master of that song. She just started singing that while we're all around the, the campfire, hella yes. randomly. And we were like, what the hell is, what is going on? And she was just like, she's in it. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is kind of derog self-derogatory, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm all for like women who, I don't like the term like hoe or slut because it has a negative connotation but like if you want to have sexual relations with people and you're being safe you respect your body you're doing it for the right reasons then go do it but i mean if you're sleeping around because you're trying to find validation from other people then i feel like that's what's hard is like you don't want to just like sleep around because it's making you feel better you want to sleep around because it's making you feel better in other ways <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's an amazing lesson that's a i loved how that just turned into a lesson. <laughs> that is amazing. Because I, I never meant anything derogatory towards, you know, genders. But it was just like, when I heard her singing it, it was just like so much self-confidence. Like, it was just like, I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm going to do whatever I want. I know what I want. And oh, I think I that's what that. I got from that. You know what I mean? The fact that you just did it now after I said that, right? Yeah. Because someone else told you. I hate making yeah. decisions because of other people's opinions and decisions. 
We yeah. start realizing subconsciously that that has to affect us from starting things. Someone's it, like, you are never going to be successful. You're never going to be a barber. You're, Martin, you're never going to start a podcast. Martin, you're never going to be a yoga instructor. Martin, you're never going to make it. And so how do you combat that? Like, I still feel like I'm like... I really hold other people's opinions so important and I'm learning that my opinion is obviously the most important because I'm the only one stuck with myself forever. So I better freaking buckle up and enjoy who I am and my like what I believe is what is going to be my reality. But how do you instead of like all these people or like if someone's saying, hey, you can't do this. How do you mentally combat that? Well, for me, you have to decide. It's not that I never listen to opinions and I never take people for their word, but you decide who matters to you, right? I always say the quote, you are um, everyone that you cherish. So everyone that I cherish, I value their opinion. And the people that I cherish will tell me, Martin, you're not there yet, but we can get you there. Martin, you will be successful. Yeah. Martin, you will set things and do out for you do so when i say hey julia mm -hmm. i see your energy and i see your self-development and everything that you told me so far you are destined for great things in life and opportunities will come your way because you are searching and you know in your heart that something is going to happen and you know that being good and being righteous and being with the people that you're around and the choices and decisions you make is going to lead you to a very fulfilling and bountiful successful life and that's my opinion mm -hmm. for you and I would say that's a pretty positive opinion. And, yes, I'm, very positive. and I'm also doing things myself. And sometimes people just don't get enough positive affirmation. And I was being a yoga teacher for two years, realized how much I've developed people by, you know, they couldn't think they could take my class. They couldn't think they could work out. You know, they couldn't break up with their boyfriend. Right. They couldn't like yeah. do so many things. And it was just like because they were listening to everyone's opinions. Right. And I'm not saying don't not listen, like listen to your mom, your dad's opinion, listen to your best friend's opinion, listen to the people who truly matter and care about your development. Those opinions matter. Let mm -hmm. that drive you. Don't let the people who stop you from singing on a podcast <laughs> stop you. Right. Yeah. Immediately, I, I, when I, as a manager now of the company, I immediately have to squash that. People say sorry for things when they were nothing to be sorry for. Right. They say that they'll try to do something. I'm like already saying trying is losing. Yeah, right? just do it. I give you something to do. It's like, okay, I'll try to do it. I'm like, you're already giving yourself self-doubt. Mm -hmm. And they're like, whoa. I'm like, yeah, even the way that we say our words and the decisions that we make and the way we think. You, you tell yourself you're going to go do something in the morning and you don't do it. And that's just you letting yourself down, right? I love that. But So you do all the things to make yourself not like, oh, I did it. You know, and don't yeah. give yourself um, things that you can't a pizza or do yeah and and every little thing like oh this morning i'm gonna make my bed easy you know and then you're like oh did it you know i did something that i told myself i was gonna do someone that told themselves they're gonna make their bed and doesn't make their bed and like oh damn i'm so sorry for myself you know what i mean such At, different yeah. narratives it's funny like i've been trying to like develop a morning routine that like really Try. i'm i have developed a morning there routine. you go see it's like it's already ingrained <laughs> in yeah. your your system that trying is because ah, it's okay to fail because i tried mm -hmm. what's stopping you from tomorrow i'm gonna do like what are the what's the morning routine that you're going to do tomorrow and yeah. change the phrase and the words what are you going to do tomorrow and what are you planning to do for the rest of your days what are your morning routines now yeah say it 
So I will. I will wake up 15 minutes earlier than I already do, which is 5 a.m. So I'll be waking up at 4.45 a.m. so that I can do a 10-minute meditation before I start getting ready for work. I also am going to start doing intentions every morning. I actually saw that there was a study done once where there are two groups of people. One group had to say every night one positive affirmation like tomorrow is going to be a great day. I'm going to get that pay increase. I'm going to climb a mountain. Whatever. They had to say one positive thing every night. The other group didn't. At the end of the study, they realized that the people, the group that was doing the positive affirmations every night were more likely to succeed and were more likely to achieve the goals they had set out. I also realized that because I tend to get angry easily, what best combats that for me is gratitude. Instead of being like, oh my God, I just had to pay this huge bill that I don't think I should have had to pay. Instead, I say, wow, I'm so thankful that I have the money or support or people in my life or whatever that I'm able to pay this bill, even though it really freaking sucked. So I'm also going to attempt to journal in the morning. Uh, I say attempt because the extra 15 minutes doesn't necessarily allow for all that. And I'm not sure I want to wake up at 430. So something that you're not going to do yet. So not yeah, attempt. build into it. Yeah, take out the word attempt. Okay. See, it's, it's like all these little things. It's crazy. It's it's ingrained in your mind. You attempt yeah. because like you don't want to let yourself down because you didn't do it. But just change the narrative. Just say you're not doing it yet. You're gonna do it another time when you have time for it. Yeah, and right. setting expectations for yourself are scary because you don't. You're right. You don't want to let yourself down. Take out try. Take out attempt. Only do. Just it. do it. Just, just do it. Just do it. <laughs> just. Just, just everything in your life, and just, just do it. That I actually love that. You know, that's the whole point. Yeah. For him, he was just like, you try, you attempt the things that you want. I, I wish I was this. Mm-hmm. I don't wish. I dream, and I make dreams come true. Yeah. So, what are your dreams now? What are you gonna do after this podcast? Because this is a pretty epic dream. My dream is a podcast, as many podcasts as I can before I die. And I've been asked too, like everyone was like, oh, what, what, you asked me to quote, oh, I want to say that for the end, but I have a lot more things to say when we get to the continuity questions. Okay. Whoa, we had a lot of good information that we kind of just went over. I wanted to take the time to sit back and kind of look at everything that we talked about. Is there anything that you wanted to add um, that we did not mention that you would like to share with the listeners? Well, I also would like to thank you for having me on today. This is, I was really nervous and scared. And my intention today was I am confident. So I feel like we mastered that. And I'm really grateful for this experience. I've loved listening to your podcast and getting to know more about your listeners, but also getting to know so much more about you. Your vulnerability has really inspired me. I think you're a really brave and courageous person. My goals for this year included being more courageous and brave and you're really motivating me to continue on that journey so i would like to thank you oh my light sees your light my light sees your light <laughs> i see i always tell everyone i see you see me and then it's always not about me it's about together we create yeah i love that awesome 
Cool. So um, if you, if that was the last thing you wanted to add, we're going to go do awesome. Julia has attributed her talents for some tarot card readings for me. Super excited. So for first, I kind of want to get like why you get into this and kind of like the history before we kind of start. So I would say I'm a novice tarot card reader because um, I've never like studied tarot in depthly. I had a roommate that had tarot cards and like I think animal cards. She had like some cool stuff and we used to do it and I really loved it. And she was actually the one who gifted me these cards. During quarantine, I've been doing virtual tarot card reading. Call her out. What's her name? Alexis. And let's thank her. I love you, Alexis. I love you so much. Thank you for opening my eyes to the tarot card reading world. It's been a beautiful journey. I also loved living with you. You were the bomb. <laughs> but um, yeah, so she, she knew I love mermaids. So I actually have mermaid tarot cards. And during this shelter in place quarantine where we've not been able to see each other, I've been doing virtual readings for people. And it's honestly, it's kind of a fun way to just like, get out of like your head but like also like kind of because it's your interpretation like I will read your reading but like you're gonna take away from it what you want to take away from it and sometimes it just really helps you realize because I personally think we all have the answers within ourselves we might ask people oh what should I do we might feel like we don't know but you know like deep down if you focus like you have the answer of what you should do so I think that's kind of what the tarot cards do for me and for other people. So we'll see what they do for you, Martin. <laughs> Ooh, I'm so excited. I've been really into spiritual things lately. So. Yes. Okay. So, so yeah, go ahead and bring them out and we'll make some space on this table here. I'm going to have to readjust our mics. Okay. So when we start, you are actually going to just shuffle the deck. So you can like shuffle, shuffle it, or you can just mix them up. But when you're touching and holding the deck and you're shuffling the cards, I want you to think about one kind of topic, like my job or my romantic relationship or whatever, one thing. And then do you want to share that with everyone? Yeah. Okay. So what's your topic? Oh, just one thing. Topic. Like any topic. Yeah. Do you want me to do my reading first to show you? Uh. Well, you could tell, tell, yeah, I guess that'd be great. Yeah. Okay, I'll do a quick one. Okay. So I'll do one like, I'm going to ask the tarot while I shuffle the cards because they need to like manifest my energy and my topic. I'm going to ask them about my job. Like what's, what's in the future, not even just my job, like my career goals. What does this mean? And so for the reading we're going to do today, it's going to be past, present, and future. So first card is my past. Second card is my present. Second card or third card is my future. I swear I can count. Also, there are so many different kinds of readings and different ways you can interpret the tarot. This is just the way that I do it. So if you do it another way, that's cool too. So my first card is King of Pentacles loyalty. So for me, that kind of means like I have really stuck to what I've been doing. Like I work for the government. I got into it for like the stability and kind of like the perks that it has in some ways. And I've been really loyal to my job. I've had the opportunities to leave, but I've really stuck with it. And that's my past card. So ironically so, 
my present card is crossroads. So I'm at a crossroads. I have a decision to make now. Is this something I want to stick with? Um, without saying too much about my job, there is a lot going on right now. And I think crossroads is very, very accurate. Um, so this is kind of saying like I have a decision to go one way or the other and I need to follow my heart. I need to really dig deep and see what I need to choose next. Also, I'm doing a very fast reading. We'll do your reading more in depth than mine. Okay. And then my future intuition, which is ironic because I literally just said I need to follow my heart, my intuition. And I, that, if I follow that, that's going to lead me to where I need to go. Magic. It's magic, wow. guys. It's pretty amazing. Was this prepped? No, this is this is <laughs> <Sorry>. the tarot. <laughs> I know, isn't that wild though? Like, yeah, especially I when can. your cards like flow with each other. Um, I've done your brother car, your brother's cards quite a few times during quarantine, mm. and you should ask him about his experiences because they're like oddly like really accurate. Okay, so it's a question because I so recently last week my best friend says I need to like focus on having a love life. Cause, okay, like, all I do is love work and love developing people. And I, he's, he really thinks that, basically, in the words of his words, he's like, you need someone to cuddle. <laughs> I was like, so you ah. love life. You just don't have a love in your life right now, a romantic love. Yeah, well, I guess the way I've always seen it is, like, it's just a supplement. Like, I love life so much that I'll marry life and put a ring on it and then divorce it and marry it again. Right? Like, why <laughs> do I need a person to do that to when I'm doing it to life? Oh, my God. That's so <laughs> funny. Okay, well, let's ask the tarot about your love life. So just shuffle the cards around. Damn. I still have to decide my love life. Huh? Yeah, this is it. It might say I'm just going to be single and celibate starting day four from now. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> when was the last time you were in a romantic relationship? I would say in college, like about eight years ago. That's a long time. Yeah, I'm Ew. hard to chain down now ever since then. Because I, I was pretty detrimental. I was almost we're living together and then yeah. we broke up. And then I quit my job, couldn't pay rent, got kicked out of my place, lived in Vegas for three months. But now look at you all that had to happen for yeah. you to be here today because it had me to be super single and then when i'm super single i have like superpowers it's called the single superpowers oh my so gosh. when you're single you could do whatever you want without someone else deciding what you wanted what you yeah want. it's all about you yeah, yeah and then you. also like you're able to work better at your job because when you're someone that could be frustrating you it doesn't you know, carry yeah. on to your workspace it does allow you a lot more freedom to focus on you. I could sure. hang out with people and not worry about what someone else thinks. Like, oh, I'm hanging out with this person. And they might think, oh, get jealous. I don't have that. Um, but you can have a relationship that is not like that. That's like, true. you could find your Todd to your alley. Oh. <laughs> which is like your puzzle piece, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, two completely different people who support and love each other and, like, individually they're their own people they're two amazing awesome people individually but together they're like a power couple and martin i think that's in the cards for you we'll find out ready yeah so pull three cards pa and you can do it either way so pass mm -hmm. presidente <laughs> uh, present yeah no it's okay Bichitate. okay pass you want to do pass okay go ahead and flip it are you nervous it's almost like i don't want to know do you want me to flip flip it we'll flip it you want me to flip her? I thought we flipped together. Okay. This is also your past, so it's a little less scary. Okay, so King of Cups, understanding. So I'm actually going to go into my little tarot oh, card book. book. I have a, a book. book. She's pulled out a book. <laughs> what the, where did this come from? So <laughs> I think a lot of like um, 
tarot card sets come with books because like if you're new to tarot you obviously don't know what the card means or anything so if you buy like a set it it tells you so i'm gonna read from the book what it says king of cups means the king has integrity honor and sensitivity is devoted to his friends his family and his career when he makes a commitment he is loyal for life he makes he may be distant at times since he feels everything deeply but he may not show it so this card really <laughs> emphasizes that in the past you've been focusing on your friends your family and your career some keywords for this card are fairness empathy sensitivity loyalty maturity commitment and honor this card comes with a piece of advice that advice is follow your emotions but don't feel like you have to explain your feelings trust that you are always right so what does that mean to you in regards to your past it sounds like you just summarized it <laughs> isn't that and this is like all like there's no way this i could have made that happen i think she planned it <laughs> He planned these cards. I don't know. I was. It's I was, on video. You I was were... shuffling it, but it felt. It felt like it's like you make it seem like I was shuffling it. No, dude. This is the tarot. It's some real shit. Well, I get to only believe what I believe, right? I'm yeah, it no. means to you what it means to you. Well, that's pretty accurate then. Yeah. Okay. Let's see present. We can do it. You can do it. Do it. You got this. Oh no, it's like a skull and it says dead. No, it's good. <laughs> it does not say that. It's the Ace of Swords and it's victory. That's so cool. And that's a shark because it's all like mermaid themed. So. Oh. Yeah, so they're all either like the first one is like this king merman with a goblet. It's pretty big, guys. I would highly recommend these cards. Okay. So your current card for the present is Ace of Swords victory. The Ace reveals that you will benefit from a smart decision that leads to immediate victory. If you have been beset by uncertainty or delays to your plans, the ace shows a breakthrough as you cut through confusion to win power and success. In relationships, you make a positive new beginning. The card is also a sign of mental clarity, so you are sharp-witted. There may be a legal victory or a triumph in an argument or debate. Use your intelligence and victory is yours how do you feel like that relates to your love life in the present mm, can you i feel like I, I was thinking way too much can you say that's okay yeah i'll say some key words too yeah. so beginnings decisions action clarity determination solutions ideas yeah i feel like the way i treat me finding i guess like a relationship it's like it has some i've always said this and it's crazy because like, it has to make sense. I always say, oh, it would have to make sense because I'm taking care of my parents. Or, like I committed to yoga. I committed to my job. I committed to, you know, the people that I'm trying to develop. So if I was in a relationship, it can't take away from that. So it has to make sense. I'm always like very intellectual with my decisions of my personal life. So I always, it's definitely, I'm looking for a decisive victory and then having my tanks actually come in around the corner and my infantry go through the middle of the city. And then also have like airplanes fly by pretending they're going to do airstrikes. So all the tanks actually move out of the way. But I feel like that's the way I kind of see like my love life. Yeah. It's like I'm waiting to get my military all together. <laughs> and when I'm ready to strike, we're going to go to war. And there's going to be a lot of explosions oh of love. Oh my gosh, you're so funny. Do you feel like you're ready for a relationship? No. No? Well, because I feel like 
I don't. You can't stop something, right? And I, I'm a true believer of the universe. Is the reason why I like I'm so into space and space theme is that I sometimes feel like everything's been planned, and I feel like my heart is good, and my heart will lead myself to whatever my life may take me. And I don't want to have that to lead to someone else to fulfill me. But if someone else could help me be more fulfilled,、mm-hmm. and I could help them feel more fulfilled in themselves without fulfilling each other, yeah, I think that's the type of love I'm looking for. I think like being independent in a relationship and not getting lost in someone else is so important. Like in my relationship personally, like my partner is so incredible, and like he doesn't need me. Like he would be fine without me because he can do anything he wants, and I think he feels that I am that way too. Like I can do anything. Like I'm determined, strong, but together we just support and love each other. And I think you're right. Like you need the king to your queen. You know, your Nala to your Simba. Nala didn't need Simba. She would have ruled that damn thing all by herself. But like they supported each other. <laughs> you know, and I'm just wondering. Like, so are you? Are you like open to like loving someone? Yeah, I think I'm open, and I'm. I feel like it's. I. I'm not. I'm gonna know it when it happens. Like everything I'm doing with my podcast and my yoga, and also. Being a manager now and like working hard,、mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure like there's a candidates out there like damn he's really doing it and I I could just tell like what people the way people look at me it's like I gotta I don't I can't just say yes to anyone. Yes, I love that you should have high standards because you're awesome and you deserve someone equally awesome. Yeah, because when I used cause in college I used to just swipe right on everything and say yes to anything <laughs> that said yes and that's different now I'm like yeah I don't need to do that people need to you know yeah I swipe left all the time. Yeah, because you need to have. Well, no, but really, like, I'm a lover too, and I feel like I've like, I can love so many different kinds of people and appreciate them. But also, like, when you find a person that's like your person, there's a spe- special connection. So let's see your future. Oh. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm more ready than the beginning of this song. <laughs> oh, this looks bad. No, I want to see it. Let me see. Do <laughs> you want to say what it is? Six of Pentacles,、What's、generosity.、That? How is that bad? You're so silly. So it's the Six of Pentacles. It also has a beautiful sea turtle on it. So that's gotta be good. Generosity. It's funny that you got the card generosity because I feel like that's one of the first words that I would use to describe you, because you have always been one of the most generous, caring people. I know we talked about this earlier because you're always giving like people gifts, support. That was one of the reasons when I saw that you were doing your podcast, and like, that's probably why I was the first one to purchase your merchandise because you have always loved and supported me so vigorously and passionately that I was like, um, hell yeah, I'm gonna do the same thing, and that's why I rock that. Like, people have been like, oh, my sister saw the sweatshirt. And she was like, "Oh, I want one." I was like, "Well, this is like my special one, but we can get you one." <laughs> okay, let's read it. You receive a gift, which may be money or another token of love, friendship, or support. This is feel-good money. If you're the recipient, you feel genuinely grateful. Equally, you may be the one donating time, effort, or money, and you do this with thought and sensitivity. Whether you are giving to an individual such as a friend who is struggling, or to an organization such as your favorite charity, receive any gift with thanks and grace. 
If you are giving to others, enjoy it. Give it. It's your own reward. So how does that make you feel? I think you planned this. I didn't plan <laughs> I don't believe you didn't plan this, but I think that's uh, one of my things, too, is the gift of giving. It's like I always thought I would get that tattooed on myself because it was like at the end of the day, it's never about all the, the neat trinkets I have or what I buy for myself, but it's about how I can make someone else feel when I thought about them. And I always buy my roommates things like, I don't need this. I'm like, no one's ever needed anything. And they're like, well, why don't we plan to say that? <laughs> do you like getting gifts or do you like giving gifts better? I love giving gifts better. Yeah. I feel nice. like I only have things to give. And like, uh, it's cool when someone gets me stuff because then it just gets me all like riled up. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get hell of even more shit. Mm -hmm. And it gets me all spiked up. What is your, like, what do you like receiving? Like, if it's not gifts, do you like spending time with people? Like, do you like know your love someone, language? No, yeah. I think, um, the biggest thing is like I like it when someone thinks about me. Yeah. Like they'll message me or DM me on Instagram like, oh, your yeah. podcast. Or like, oh, like, oh, can I get a haircut? Looks like you're trying to do barbering. Yeah. You know, or like I go onto my phone and I, I see every IP address that's actually listening to a podcast. So to know that people every day are thinking or listening to my podcast. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's what they give me. They give me their attention, their time in their life. And everyone's time is so precious. And they're spending hours listening to some of my podcasts, listening to this podcast. Because and, you've got interesting things to say and yeah. people want to hear it. People want to hear you too. So I, all of your, so one of the biggest things that I love about a podcast is like the gift uh, I'm giving, the gift I'm giving to Julia <laughs> is that you're gifting your closest friends a little piece of your vulnerability Aww. and they're going to be like, Julia, listen to your podcast. Like, I love you. Oh, da -da 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 -da. I love all my friends And too. then it gives them a reason to feel connected and it also gives them strength for what you've just done. I hope so. They will. And if anyone else out there wants a virtual tarot card reading, let Martin know and he'll hit me up and connect us. Yeah. Um, Julia's going to start a tarot card reading Instagram. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> we'll or when see. she's ready. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, when she's ready. <laughs> but I think that'd be great. I think you have such a great quality of yourself that you share with people. And the fact that you shared this tarot reading with me is such a great gift. Thank it's, you. Uh, even though, like, you planned it, um, all these cards that are in front of me. Well, no, I, I'm just kidding. I really do think <laughs> that, like, there is some rhyme or reason that the universe has laid out these three cards. Yeah. I think that regardless if you believe in the tarot or not, like, you can interpret this however you want. And it can have really powerful impacts and kind of make you think about a situation from a different perspective. Also, when I was saying all my yoga friends, I forgot Diane and I can't believe it because she's oh probably like my, my first Diane. yoga friend even yeah. before Tulsi. So Diane, I'm sorry. I love you. And your due date is coming up and I can't wait to meet your new baby. No, congratulations. Yay, Diane and Austin. Congratulations. Baby Leo girl coming. Ooh. <laughs> wait, I want to just grab my phone and click. I want to take a picture while we're still in the moment. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. I think this tarot card thing is such a great gift from your uh, roommate or your past roommate. Is that where it was from? Yeah. So I don't know how long she's been doing tarot and stuff, but her cards too were like very different than mine. So it's kind of cool because like I really feel like she gifted this. And since then, like I've been able to like, like Catherine loves tarot readings and I gifted her her own like individual tarot cards. and. It's just like a fun way to connect and like really think about things 
And also, like, right now with everything that's going on, it's a good way to, like, really connect with people. Because I feel like during shelter-in-place quarantine COVID, because we can't have these, like, physical connections with people, it's a good way to, like, virtually still have, like, a deep connection. Love it. So I'm kind of like like a cat doing cow pose because my, <laughs> my right leg is dying. Oh, no. So dead. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing the tarot cards. Now we're on to the juicy stuff. Let's do it. So these are my continuity questions. You are more than welcome to plead the fifth. Eek. Okay. Pleading the fifth means you don't have to answer the questions. This is all to your discretion and your regard. Um, but we'll go ahead and get started. Mm-hmm. Number one, what are things that you do to seize the day? I think like we talked about earlier, like... I really embrace my silliness. So I just like, I will, if I want to dance or do something weird, like I will do it. Every time I talk to my dad on the phone, I like uh, amplify my silliness because he is like my silly soulmate. <laughs> and it's just like, that's how I cease the day is just like living in that moment and being like, we d- I call him Papa Shisho. <laughs> and I go, hi, Papa Shisho. And then he goes, Julia and Chicho. Those kind of things give me so much life. Oh, my gosh. You got to, like, record that. Oh, my God. Something. He, he would great. be a great person to have on a podcast because he is wild. Ooh, let's get your dad on a podcast <laughs> at some point. You hear that, Dad? You're, you're next. You're next. What's your dad's name? Charles. Or he also goes by Carlitos. Carlitos. Yeah. Charles, I'll try to get you next month. Okay, Charles. <laughs> or Carlitos. Carlitos. He's like, I don't like Papa this guy Gisho. calling me Carlitos. <laughs> no, he loves it. Okay. I hope you're enjoying um, Julia's podcast at this point because number two gets really deep. What is the point of life? To live. I know we talked about this earlier, like death is the reason why life is so precious because it's limited. And I think to do everything that makes you feel happy but it also like uncomfortable challenges you and to, to be your best self. Yeah, that's a good answer. <laughs> that's very that. generic. I'm sorry. Wait, no, but everyone's point of life is just, it's just so amazing. Now that's like the 15th person that I get to hear what the mm-hmm. point of life is. And it's just like, it's amazing. Cause like right now I'm podcasting all young people. Mm-hmm. And I already told you earlier that I'm going to be podcasting people who are at the end of their lives. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'll start going for the medium, you know, halfway through their lives. And it's just, it's so interesting mm-hmm. know, to hear that. And then maybe down the life when we get older, what is the point of life like 30, 40 years from now? Yeah. Right? Does that answer change? Of course it has to change. Yeah. Number three, ideal job. What have you done so far to achieve such job? I've actually thought about this question a lot. Like what my ideal, like if money didn't matter, what would I do? And it would probably be like something that had to do with traveling because I absolutely love experiencing new places new people new cultures oh my god new food I love food I think that the Peace Corps was a really good way to do that I don't know how I'm gonna continue to do that especially in the world where we're not really able to travel but when I figure out my next steps I'll let you know also, I think it would be really fun if I could just be like a, a food tester because I love eating 
And I actually wanted to tell you a story about my greatest accomplishment so far in life. Let's do it. Was that I ate three Chipotle burritos in a row. <laughs> However, so I was like 15 and these boys at my school in high school were like, Julia, you can't eat three Chipotle burritos in a row because like when I played water polo, I could eat the most unreal amount of food. Like it was insane. I was just consuming so many calories because I was working out constantly and swimming burned so much calories. So I went to Chipotle and I ate the first burrito and I was like, yeah, I can do this. However, I did not like practice or like look up anything about like competitive eating. So I was also drinking like tons of water. So then I go in and the people at Chipotle are like, what? You're going to get a second one? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get a second one. So I eat the second burrito. As I end the second burrito, I realize I had drinking too much water and I threw up. They had like a roller trash can. I literally grabbed the roller trash can, pulled it into me and just like vomited. And I threw up. And then I went in again and I was like, I don't care. This won't stop me. I can do anything. No boys are going to tell me I can't do something. And then I ate that third burrito. And I really feel like that speaks to determination and not letting anything get in your way. That's so great. It just kind of goes back to the theme of like, don't make anyone else's decisions decide your decisions. Yeah, eat that freaking third Chipotle yeah, burrito in a row. Bit. Who yeah. cares if Sing you in that up? podcast. Sing <laughs> in that podcast. Do whatever you think. Tell everyone that can't says you, you can't do something. Use that as energy. Use that as do I does it, do they define me or do I define myself? Yeah. And we subconsciously do that. So I think it's always good to reflect and understand all the things that we take in and information and people we listen to. Number four, house and kids, question mark. Wait, say that again. House and oh. kids. House etiquette. House and kids. Like house, like a yeah. house that maybe, it's, it's kind of just like an open-ended question and kids. If, you know. Oh, house, I thought you said kids. Kids. Um, I would love to be able to afford to buy a house in the Bay Area. I don't know when. That will happen, but someday, or maybe not in the Bay Area. Um, that's a good question. I feel like with kids, like I honestly feel I was born to be a mother. I know that's very extreme, but I absolutely love children. However, there's a lot of shit going on in the world right now, and it scares me. I don't know if I want to have a child. Um, I've talked to a lot of people, and they said, you'll never feel ready. I'm like, okay, well, that's great because I definitely don't feel ready now. So that's kind of like a, I think, an ideal world I would love to. But I also have accepted that, like, if I don't have children, I could live a really stellar, awesome life as well. And I'm lucky that I have a lot of, like, I have a sister who has three kids. So I'm an aunt. I have a lot of really close friends who have, like, a lot of amazing children I get to spend time with. And I know it's not the same, but if that's where my life leads, I'm okay with that. I can't let society say like, oh, you're supposed to have a house and kids by the time you're 30. Like that, that might not be my path and that's okay with me. So we'll see what the future leads. I love it. I love repetition. It kind of comes back to our theme to not let the society or others decide your, on your own decisions. Sorry, I'm going to probably say that a couple of times. That's okay. I mean, honestly, like, that, like, if you had asked me that maybe a year or two ago, it probably would have been, like, a really triggering question for me because 
I feel obligated. I still do feel obligated to have children. Like I feel guilty if I don't like to my parents, like I feel like I owe them that. And I feel like I owe society that, but I have grown to realize like one, I don't owe anyone anything except for myself. And I need to do what's best for me. And I'm not going to just have a kid to have a child because everyone else is doing it. That is such a big decision. Like if I have a kid, I want to be able to be mature enough and to be able to like give it the life like that I want to full of love, respect, money because you need to pay for them, you know. And I don't think I'm at that point yet, but maybe one day I will be. And if not, that's okay. And if you're out there and you're like, shoot, I really don't want kids, then don't have kids. Oh my god, I love I love you, Julia. I love you. <laughs> that's that makes me so happy. That's like the way I think. It's like if I could just find other people that just have that drive and motivation. Like yes, I decide. It's me. It's only yeah. me and me, 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 me. And like and all of a sudden, like it makes sense. Everything starts to make sense because we always give rhymes or reasons on why things are happening mm-hmm. and why we do the things that we do. But now we realize that we are in control of everything that we do. Yeah. And we let people decide on our decisions subconsciously. Yeah. And I feel like you definitely see that. Yeah. But it's hard, you know? It's what we had to experience to know that you're being, making decisions because of other people's decisions. But when you're able to reflect and see that, then you're able to make decisions truly that are your own. Yeah. Number five. What are things in society that people can do better at? Uh, loving each other, being compassionate, being empathetic. I think that I see so much of people, they're like in their own heads. We are always thinking about ourselves. And I think we think about other people, but a lot of times it's in relation to ourselves. Simple little things can be so impactful. Smiling at people. I mean, I'm not saying you have to smile. We don't all have to smile. But sometimes just that smile to a stranger could brighten up their day. Opening a door for someone returning your freaking shopping cart, changing the toilet paper roll, like just being like a little more considerate of others. I think that it would make this world a much better place. I think we forget to have empathy a lot because we're so consumed in how we're feeling or what's going on with us that we don't always remember that like other people are also going through their own journey and we don't see it. We live in a world where social media rules. We only see the, the highlight reel. We don't see the challenges that people are going through. And I think it's important to just remember that before you freak out on someone. And I'm guilty of this too. I get so pissed off when I drive. Like I want to just drive my car into other people's cars sometimes. But remembering like, hey, maybe that person's running late. Or maybe that person just received some bad news. Or maybe they like don't. This is their first time driving. Who knows? Being more empathetic and compassionate consider it consider it yeah i feel like we're like a special like for like children these are what you should be (laughs) sometimes it's nice to just say this is the people that we want to become and maybe people see and listen to your podcast and want to be more like julia number six happiest moment you can remember okay so this is super random but I remember I was doing like a summer camp once and my mom like has always worked a lot. So my parents were not like always able to like be the volunteers in class or to go on a field trip or like 
you know, they worked really hard and they worked really hard for me. And I completely love and respect them for that. But one of my like happiest moments I can remember in my life is when my mom came for the day to one of my summer camps. She was like the aide or something. And we were like sitting in the grass and I was just like my head laying on her lap and she was like stroking my hair. We were like under a tree and the like sunlight was breaking through the leaves. And I just felt so blissful and at peace. I never feel more safe or more comfortable or more loved than in my mother's arms. She's my mama bear, my mama bird. She's like everything, you know? And that was honestly like, it's just like a brief like second moment in my head. And it's one of the most blissful experiences I've ever had. I love my mom. I'm sure she loves you too. That was good. Number <laughs> seven, biggest lesson or proverb that currently resonates with you. I think we've really talked about this a lot, but like be true to yourself. Be you. Even if you feel like no one's going to accept you. And I know it's scary because I get scared that I have to dull myself down because my energy is too high. I've struggled with that a lot, but be yourself. You will find people who love you. And most importantly, you will learn to love yourself. Damn. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Number eight. Last but not least. If tomorrow ended, what would be the things that you hoped people remembered about you? My passion and love for people. Like, I love so hard and I hope that when I interact with people that they see that and that they I mean we can't all be like a hundred percent all the time but I if you could love one person so hard that they always feel it like that's what I'd want like I hope all the people in my life that I love know how much I freaking love them so much <laughs> you're a lover not a fighter Oh, I'm still a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> you fight for love. You're a I fighter. I fight for of love. love and yeah. Or you love to fight. I oh. do love to fight a little bit. Yeah, then you <laughs> fight for love. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I think that's a beautiful way to end it. Any last words for your listeners? Um, just everyone, if you haven't like told someone how much you love them today, like send that text because that is so special to like randomly receive like a text, a call. Just say like, hey, I love you. I'm thinking about you. And like, why? We, I think that if you support other people like, and build people, I'm personally like would love to just be a hype man or a cheerleader and make everyone happy because I feel like that is what will make the world a better place. So if, if you're thinking like, oh, I should have reached out to this person, just do it. Just like reach out to them. What do you have to lose? I love it. I'm going to take Julia and throw her back into the sea as a mermaid <laughs> as she belongs. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Thank you for having me.